0: In episode 441, with Dr. Dane Howe, we talk about a modality called access consciousness, how to move past fear, how to trust your body, let go of judgment, and so much more. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberal. Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so honored that you're here and so excited about this episode because Dane shares about how he pulled himself out of one of the darkest periods in his life where he actually wanted to take his own life. And for those of you that have never heard of Dane, he is a best-selling author, change maker, speaker, creator of the International Being You Day, which is on May 22nd, and the co-creator of Access Consciousness. He has traveled the world for more than 20 years, sharing his unique insights on happiness, relationships, getting unstuck from the yuck, and everything in between. He grew up in the ghetto in Los Angeles, and he was exposed to constant abuse. However, he never chose to be a victim. And everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 441. And now let's dive into this inspiring conversation. Dane, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you today. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: For breakfast this morning, I had a bagel with cream cheese and lemon pepper. Mm. <laughs> so good.
0: Lemon pepper. I've never tried it, but I'm. Interested.
1: So good. If you don't have lemon pepper, you could just sprinkle lemon and add pepper and some salt. So good.
0: Oh, yes, I'm going to try that. Now, I'm very fascinated with your book, The Body Whisperer, which I want to talk about. But before we dive into that, can you tell us about the very dark time in your life where you were considering ending your own life? What that was like for you? how you got to that place, and how you got out of it.
1: Yeah, well, it was over 20 years ago now, and I was a chiropractor. I was starting my second practice in Santa Barbara, California, which is paradise, according to everybody who lived there but me. And I had been unhappy for the better part of three years. You know, my whole life, I've been a seeker and a dreamer. I always knew something should be possible. And So I was going to weekend workshops and reading books on self-help and personal development. And what would happen is I go to a workshop and feel like I had the answer. And then a few days later, it felt like the universe caved in on my head. And it felt like I lost everything I had gained. And it was during one of those days, I had gone to a weekend workshop. And by Wednesday of the following week, it felt like everything that I had gained went away. And I was finally done. For the first time in my 30 years on the planet, I had finally given up hope. and. I set a date to end my life. And that was, that was by far the darkest period of my life. Even though as a kid I experienced abuse, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, even that wasn't as bad as this point of giving up hope. And so I literally set a date to end my life. And a week later, I came across something called access consciousness. I'd never heard about it. And I called because I saw this little ad in the paper that said, access, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And of course I was overjoyed. No, I was not overjoyed at all. I wanted to kill the person who put the ad in the paper. And so I went and I had a session. And in an hour and 15 minutes, I went from depressed and suicidal to grateful to be alive. And I knew I was never going to go back to that dark place in the same way that I had. Doesn't mean that everything got perfect. But the fact that it could change that quickly from what I was experiencing to what I now knew was possible blew me away. And that's, you know, for me, that's the gift of knowing that is possible. You can see whatever somebody else is going through, you know, there's a different possibility.
0: So what is this access consciousness? What is this? And tell me exactly what happened in this session.
1: Okay. So this particular session, she used one of the access consciousness tools, which is called Access Consciousness Bars, B-A-R-S. And it's a very, what in this particular tool, what you do is you lie down on the table and somebody puts their hands on your head very lightly and they put your hands in all kinds of different places. I had no idea what she was doing, but I started getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And about midway through the session, I started giggling like a little kid. And I was like, wow. And so what we found in, doing research on it is that it decreases anxiety, stress, and depression an average of 87% with one session. And so that's the bars. But then in addition to that, we have about 8,000 tools that are sort of practical ways of looking at things and pragmatic ways of changing the aspects of your life that you'd like to change in the trenches of life. And So, it's really a set of tools, techniques, and information that allow you to change anything you desire to change based on the awareness that you are far greater than you're pretending to be and far greater than we give ourselves credit for.
0: 100%. I have had an Access Bars session. And admittedly, when I was going into it, I had no idea what I was going into. I had no idea what to expect. I had a friend say to me, Can I come over and do this thing called excess bars on you. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And she came over, I laid down on the table. I remember her touching my head and I think it went for about an hour and a half and I may have fallen asleep. I'm not sure. Or I was in just such a deep state of bliss. And I remember feeling incredibly light afterwards, but going into it, I had no idea what was happening. So how does it work? Can you tell me the science behind these tools
1: I wish I could tell you how this particular one works I have more of a sense of how the others work and it works well let's put it this way the idea in access is it's called access consciousness for a reason which is and we have a definition of consciousness which is where everyone and everything exists and no one and nothing is judged and so what the bars do is they have this capacity to eliminate your judgmental point of view about things. And there are 32 points on the head. They have names like money, body, control, creativity, kindness, gratitude, peace, and calm. And any limited point of view you have regarding that starts to dissipate. And it seems to dissipate the electromagnetic component of thought. And we've actually had brainwave studies done. And there are certain brainwaves associated with a sense of gratitude, and those increase. There are certain brainwaves associated with stress, and those decrease. There are certain brainwaves associated with a sense of connection with all things, and those go through the roof. And there are certain brainwaves associated with creativity, and those go through the roof. So part of what it seems to do is actually change your brainwave patterns. And as far as the scientific mechanism for the mechanism of action for it, I don't have a good answer for you. And for me, you know a lot of people are like I'm going to know this works when I can scientifically prove it. For me, I already know it works. I would love to scientifically prove it someday. Well, it's already been proven, quote unquote, with studies, but explaining it is my method of explanation is here, lie down, see how you feel afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's anecdotal. You get to experience it and then once you've experienced it, it speaks for itself. Truly. So many people feel anxious, feel depressed, feel stressed, you help them get unstuck, especially with that negative thinking, those patterns. You have a signature energetic bodywork called energetic synthesis of being. What is this?
1: Well, it's interesting because this capacity of working with people in their bodies and by extension, their lives, using their bodies, or through their bodies, I should say, came after I had done the first couple of access consciousness classes. I love this so much. It changed my world so much. I was like, what else do you have? And so I went to the first couple of classes and I remember sitting there in the class, reading through the manual and looking and going, wow, somebody has put into words everything I've always known and that I didn't have words for. Perspectives about the way the world actually works. And I started getting lighter and lighter and happier and happier and Right after that, the founder of Access Consciousness, who happened to live in Santa Barbara also, heard about me from the person who facilitated my class, and he came into my office for a session. And I was doing network chiropractic, which has three levels of care. And he said, look, the first two don't work on me. You need to go straight to the third level. And I said, I just started studying that, except I didn't know how to do it. But when you're a doctor, you can't say, I don't know this, right? So you have to say something. And he said, look, ask my body what it wants, follow the energy, you will know what to do. And what occurred was there was this energy that felt like it became palpable in my body and in the room that I cannot begin to describe. And as I started working on him, I was feet away from his body and his body was responding as though I was touching it. And my eyes were wide open and I was in the middle of this session of working on him just moving my hands in different directions in the air. I'd never done anything like this, but it felt so light. And so he's flopping on the table like a fish at one point. And I'm like, what is going on here? And he gets up after this 45 minute session and he looks at me and he goes, that was phenomenal. And what he told me later, he said, I knew I was dying. I just wanted to get out of pain. He said, after this session, I know I'm going to live and I've got to get to work now. And I had never been told anything like that by anyone, but what it did is it, it opened some door in my world about what was possible. And that's what is now energetic synthesis of being, which I've worked with hundreds of thousands of people around the world, tens of thousands in person and hundreds of thousands while facilitating classes. And what I do in that using this is invite them to the awareness of what they know, invite them to recover those long lost elements of their awareness. And their being, because when we're truly being us, things work. we have a sense of peace, we have a sense of ease. you know we actually like being alive, we like waking up in the morning, and that's what this does. It's like here you go, yeah, you have to choose, and there's still more work to be done, but here's a basis for your being and a basis for you to have that moving forward and It's really beautiful because when people get that platform, the way they view the world starts changing, in other words, they don't you know we've got so much trauma and drama going on right now and The world looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket and not a very nice handbasket, may I say. But what I've noticed is the people that have these access consciousness tools and that have received these sessions are navigating it beautifully. Most of them are actually growing dynamically and getting happier even in the face of everything that's going on. And for me, that's one of the great gifts and also one of the great acknowledgments of what we as people, what we as beings, if you will, are capable of. When we go beyond believing that we're just a collection of judgments and right and wrong points of view and start to recognize that there's truly something bigger, there's truly something greater about us that we can access now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something you said that really hit home is that our body knows. Our body has the answers. Our body knows. And we live in a culture where we're almost taught to look outside of ourselves for the answers to look on social media for how we should be eating, for how we should be moving our body, for how we should be living our life. So how can we trust the innate wisdom of our body even more?
1: Well, what I would say is we have to start developing a connection with it that we have lost. You know, if you look at little kids, if, if they're allowed, just one tiny example, if they're allowed to eat in the way that they would like to, they tend to graze. And they tend to, you know, they'll come, they'll have a little, they'll go play and come back, have some more and go play and come back and have some more, have a nap, eat, go play, you know. And that's them being able to listen to their body. And that's how we come in. We don't have any disconnection between us and our body's awareness. But what we learn over time is all of the right things and all of the wrong things. And especially the people that are listening to this podcast have paid way more attention to all the wrong things. In other words, all the places where we're wrong or doing something wrong as though If we can finally fix that, then we'll be able to get into what's right. But what that does is that puts us in a constant state of judgment, and nowhere is this more prevalent than with our bodies. And we're also taught that the only purpose of a body is to have the right image that people will look at and admire so that we can get things. Not this thing itself has awareness. It's a source of joy it's with us all the time, or we're with it, however you want to look at it. We're together here on this journey called life. And so the way we start to get that is by having that acknowledgement, number one, but also by starting to value our body and its awareness. And we can rekindle that relationship by starting to ask our body for things that concern it. Like, hey, body, what would you like to eat? Which you know, for a lot of people seems like, what? What are you talking about? But I'm really grateful because a lot of people are actually speaking about this now. And I've been talking about it for 20 years, felt like I was talking to the wind and now other people are saying it. I'm like, yay, awesome. People are getting it. But really, if we recognize our body has awareness for what concerns it, it has a consciousness of its own. And so if we'll ask it, body, what would you like to eat? Body, what type of movement would you like to do? Body, what would you like to wear? Body, who would you like to have sex with? And provided you're not in a relationship, don't get me wrong. Okay. But, um, you know, and the more you can add humor to things, I think, you know, humor makes reality go down a lot easier, you know? But if we do this, what we start to do, if we recognize that our body doesn't communicate in words and it doesn't communicate with intense energies, it communicates with a whisper. And so you'll say, body, what would you like to eat? But if you've got a really strong point of view that you're not supposed to eat this, then you're going to override it a lot of the time. So this is also a practice in receiving and a practice in receiving that this thing has its own awareness that may be different than what this thing thinks. And so the idea behind that is like my friend Gary, the founder of Access, at one point in his life, he was vegan and he noticed that after about a year, he started getting more and more and more tired. And here he was 18 months into it and he went to a restaurant. And he had gotten this information about asking your body. And he said, okay, body, what would you like to eat? And he hears in his head, his body had never communicated this way before. He hears in his head, raw meat. And he's like, <laughs> wait wait a minute, we're, we're um, vegan. Don't you remember? His body's like, raw meat. So he asked the waiter, can I get a raw steak? The waiter said, no. He said, what is the least you can cook it? Cook it that much and bring it to me. So he ended up eating the steak And he said his body felt amazing afterwards, whereas before when he had been vegetarian and eaten meat or something he wasn't quote unquote supposed to, he felt terrible for days. And it was an interesting thing to realize that his body could communicate that dynamically. And here's the other thing is, you know, we'll come up with a point of view like being vegan or being vegetarian is right and all the other stuff is wrong or eating meat is right and being a vegetarian is wrong. Or we have There's so many, so many points of view about what is right and what is wrong out there. And yet our body does not function from right or wrong. I think most of our bodies would rather be probably eat a lot more vegetables than most people do and have more protein than some people do and probably like to change it up a lot more than anyone does.
0: Absolutely. This is how I have lived my life for many years now, asking my body, tuning in. This is how I eat. This is how I move my body. Every business decision, every social invite, I ask my body, do you want to go? Does this feel true for you? This is how I live my life. And so what you're saying totally resonates with me on such a deep level. And I think Where we trip up is attaching these labels and these judgments, right or wrong, vegan, paleo. We attach these labels, and then, you know, that really blocks us from tuning in, getting quiet, listening to our body and hearing what it says, because it's always talking to us. It's always trying to communicate with us. We just need to get out of our head, get out of looking at what everyone else is doing around us and tune back in with what is true for us. And this is one of the reasons I get asked a lot on social media, what do I eat in a day? Can you please tell me exactly what you eat in a day? And I'm very hesitant. You know, I studied nutrition And that was, you know, many years ago, that was where I started on my health journey by studying nutrition. And people say to me, tell me exactly what I should eat. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not in your body. I'm not your cells. So you need to tune in. And yes, of course, I can guide you and I can tell you that eating fruits and vegetables are really a good idea and you might want to try it and you might want to drink some more water and things like that. And I'm not you. And we're all so different. We live in different climates. We've got different circumstances. I'm a breastfeeding mom. So my nutritional needs are going to be completely different to yours. So we need to remember that. We need to let go of the labels and the judgment and tune back in with our body. So everything you're saying is like, yes, yes, yes. I love it.
1: You know, it's nice when you have been doing something that is different than the norm and you just have because it works and you're willing to follow your knowing. And then somebody else puts it into words in a way that goes, yes, it's really wonderful. Because so many of the things that we would do as the seekers of the world are not gonna be the normal thing to do. It's going to be, and hopefully we'll do what is a kinder, gentler, and also a more creative and more fun thing than most people realize is possible. And in so doing, show them the possibilities. And it's great to have somebody who actually receives that.
0: Mm, absolutely. So how can we get out of this negative cycle of thinking, this fear-based cycle of thinking? Because you help a lot of people get out of that and feel unstuck. So how do we do that?
1: Oh, that could be a very long podcast answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing is we have to realize that, that we have been conditioned to make fear real. We have been conditioned to make judgment real. And we have been conditioned that those are the primary elements for navigating reality, but they're not, it's total BS. And so we need to recognize that rather than continuously buying it, thinking that from a space of fear and judgment, I can create something different. We need to go, no, this is, I am throwing out the bathwater. I'm keeping the baby of possibilities called me and I'm gonna choose something different. And so this is of course the, the thing. You know, how do you create from a world that actually has possibilities in it and from that awareness and from that space? So it starts with the recognition that judgment is learned, that fear is learned. Little babies don't come in with judgment. They come in with what we would call fear to loud noises, et cetera. But that's at a fundamental survival level of the nervous system. That is not the fear that most people experience, which is, you know, the fear of being too much, the fear of little kids don't have that until they're taught that it exists. They don't even know it exists, which means, does it really exist? Or are we just taking it and putting it on the next person and the next and the next so they'll fit in the box of reality appropriately? And to a certain extent, we need to bust out of the box of reality. A reality gets created wherever two or more people align and agree on a point of view and decide this is reality. And what we have right now is 8 billion people aligning and agreeing that where we're going and what's going on is this really destructive place. And there are certain people who have a sense of hope who are like this whisper in a hurricane. And yet those whispers are starting, from my point of view, I just want to say those whispers are starting to overtake the hurricane. And the hurricane doesn't notice yet. But the whispers are starting to overtake the hurricane, the whispers of possibilities. And so... There's so many answers to this question, but one can be when you notice yourself judging, stop. Just see a hand, see a stop sign. Whether you're judging you or somebody else, just stop and go, okay, what else is possible here? To the extent that we can allow ourselves to get into asking questions rather than judging and coming to conclusions, we open doors that set ourselves free. We also be an inspiration to set others free. So if you notice yourself judging, you go, stop. And also, then you go, what else is possible? What other choice do I have? And get, for a moment, get present with that and go, okay, and do I truly desire to judge? And let's also recognize that judgment is an energy. It's not, it, a lot of times, yeah, it is a thought, but more than that, it's an energy. It's an energy of you're about to be in front of somebody and you kind of do this withdrawal. Or you're about to do something and you're like, oh my God, I'm so afraid. So, judgment is an energy. And if we can start to notice those whispers of energy when we start to go down that road, we can stop ourselves one or two steps into the road and not go down that road any further and ask, okay, where else can I go? And then with the fear, one of the things is fear and excitement are physiologically exactly the same. So, this is an interesting thing. I used to have so much fear 21 years ago that I would literally shake in fear. I was going to make phone calls to try to you know, invite people to my practice, etc. And I would shake in fear. It was so real for me. And since then, I found basically fear is a lie. It's either an implanted point of view, it's excitement that you've misidentified or misapplied. And then here's the other one, it may not be yours, it may be an energy that you're picking up from other people around you. Because one of the weird and wonderful and very freeing things we've learned in access consciousness is that 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions are actually things that you pick up from the people around you. They're not even yours, but we're like big psychic radio receivers. You know, like if you've ever had a partner, they're upset, you walk into the room, you know as soon as you walk into the room, they're upset. They haven't said or done anything, why? Because their energy is broadcasting it. Or worse, if they're angry with you for something or upset with you for something, you know, you're out with your friends, whatever, having a walk, you're like, oh my God, I got to call them. They're upset with me. You know, and you're like, okay, what did I do? Or, you know, you know, this is how aware we are. And we're aware with everybody. And if you look at what we're aware of right now, there's a lot of crap to be aware of. But what if only a couple of percent of it is yours? We have a tool, which is to ask, who does this belong to? To any thought, feeling, emotion, judgment, fear, yuck, stuck, or what the energy. And If you ask who does this belong to and it lightens up at all, it's not yours. Return it to sender with consciousness attached and you don't even have to know who it is.
0: I love this so much. So, okay, one of my girlfriends, she is going on a date and she's just met this guy, right? So she's going on another date and she sent me a message, a voice message saying, babe, I've had all this fear come up, like fear of, accepting this love and fear of this relationship. And immediately it came to me, that's not yours. That's not yours. And I said that to her. I said, babe, just tune in with yourself and ask yourself, is, is this yours? And then when she sent me a message back, she's like, no, this is actually not my fear. I'm really excited about this date and I'm excited about the possibilities of things progressing with this guy. So I love this so much. And I'm curious to hear I often have this thought where I'm say I'm in a room and I feel like the energy is off like that awkward energy or you know someone said something it's awkward I feel that and then I often say to myself am I the only one feeling this or do other people feel it like I'm so curious I'm like I want to sometimes like just jump into their body and just see if they feel the same awkward energy that I'm feeling in that moment? Or are they completely oblivious to it? Do you ever have that thought?
1: I don't have that thought so much because I have that awareness. In other words, and I totally get what you're saying. And for me, I used to have the thought. So I started asking. And what was interesting was I started, one time I was at a, I think it was a family. It wasn't my family, somebody else's family gathering. And there was some weird thing. And I was like, that was a weird, I don't even remember what the exact thing was right now. And it was like some weird thought about like different colors for the decorations that should have been outside or something, right? Some stupid thing I was thinking. And I was there with that. And then the mother of my friend comes up and says, you know, I was thinking we should have put this, this, and this color outside as the decorations. And I was like, (laughs) okay, got it. Okay. Thank you very much
0: that it's so interesting, isn't it? It's so interesting. I feel like 99%, maybe 95, 99% when these feelings come up, they're not ours and we can politely return them to the sender, whoever that sender is. We can give that back and come back to our truth, like you said, and Don't carry that on. Like, we don't have to take on that feeling. And I love that next time I ever feel that fear come up, I'm going to reframe it and say, This is just excitement in different clothes.
1: Yes. And it's such a gift to be able to take some of the biggest things that stick us all and reframe and transform them. Because always on the other side of that reframing and that transformation is a strength, is a power is a sense of becoming the 5,000-pound gorilla in the room that's like, oh, I can be here. I do have value. I can handle this. It's awesome.
0: Absolutely. Tell me what else you teach in Body Whisperer, the book.
1: Oh, so much. What it does is it walks you through a journey of undoing judgment, starting to get a connection to your body, but also starting to tap into the subtle energies that our body is giving us all the time as a way of being able to create a connection that also allows us to create a change and a healing and a sense of a sense of healing with our bodies and that we can walk around with and it's also i mean we even talk about receiving money as not a wrongness actually a gift and a contribution because you can change the world more with money than you can without money so even the people that desire to change the world you know money is actually a contribution. And that is in there also because it's necessary for us to have money to be able to clothe and feed our bodies and that. But the end result of this sort of meandering journey that is in the book is a sense of looking in the mirror, liking your body, but also having all kinds of ways of looking at it that allow you to know you can change if something isn't working and allow you to know you can create a different result And allow you to finally come out of judgment of these beautiful creatures and get the gift that they are.
0: 100%. I feel like me personally, and I know so many women that are so mean to their body, so harsh. The way that I have spoken to my body in the past, the way that I have treated my body in the past is so sad. It's so sad. Now I don't. Now I love and. I treat my body like a temple and I love it so much and I speak to it with such love and kindness, but there was a time where that wasn't the case for me. So for someone listening who may be at that point where they loathe their body, they speak to their body like absolute (laughs) trash, where can they start? What's the first place that you would recommend they start to shift out of that?
1: Well, one of the things that can be very helpful is to look at who am I being when I do this? Which, see, most of, here's the interesting part. If we go to children again, when they come in, they don't know how to judge. It's around about seven, eight, nine years old that kids really solidify into the value of judgment and that they need to learn to judge too, otherwise they can be the effect of other people's worlds. And that's, pretty much why they do it. We're taught that we're supposed to. But if you look at a two-year-old, they don't have any judgment, but what they do have is a lot of energetic awareness. And so one of the things that can be very helpful is to look at who am I being? Because we all learn how to judge. And so with this idea of as aware as we are, as we've spoken about, 98% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't belong to us. Well, what that then leads us to is Okay. Where did we learn all of these structures that we call reality and that we call our lives and that we call our relationship with our body? Well, a lot of it we learned from our parents. And the weird part is we took on most of the structures of what is going to become the foundation of our future reality before the age of two, before we could even really talk. And they're energetic. They're non cognitive. We just get an energy and we respond to that energy with a certain verbality or another energy. And so. It can be so freeing to ask, okay, who am I being here and where did I learn this way of being? And speaking to that of the many tools that are available, Mm -hmm. speaking to that specifically because if we can address that, we get a large part of how we're basically mimicking someone else's reality. You know, there's this idea in science called biomimetic mimicry, which is where they study birds to make better planes, for example. Well, we do biomimetic mimicry in that we study our parents energetically and basically become a almost exact replica of mom plus dad together in their points of view. So we have this by the time we're two, that's already mostly firmly implanted. And then we learn this wonderful word, no, as a way of trying to have our own reality. And then people become teenagers. And what do we know about teenagers? Well, they tend to resist their parents and hate their parents, you know, all this sort of stuff. Why? because they've already become them. And their only way of trying to have an identity of their own is by resisting and reacting to what they have already created themselves as. And so we live in a bizarre world where people are hoping that if they can get the right set of judgments, then they'll feel right. And so this is what I see people doing so dynamically with their sweet bodies. And their sweet bodies are like puppies, you know, your body would never judge you You know, it's like, and if you've ever been mean to your dog or yelled at your dog, I hope you haven't, but if you ever have and you're like, ah, because you're having a crappy day, you know, five minutes later, your dog walks over to you and is like, what did I do wrong? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Okay. You know, our bodies are the same way. They're like, what did I do wrong? You judge me all the time. What's the deal? I, I don't understand. And the weird part is one thing that might help us also is to recognize that our bodies give us more of what we judge. So if you judge, wow, my butt is so saggy, your butt gets saggier because judgment is such an intense energy that our body picks it up and goes, Oh, you want to sag your butt? Okay, I can do that for you. You know? And so it's recognizing that it starts here and we've taken on dynamic structures from others. And that's not to blame anybody. That's a choice that we made, something we learn in the world. But then making the choice to once again reconnect with our bodies by asking it questions. But also, once again, every time we're judging stop and we also have this thing in access called the clearing statement that it takes me about 20 minutes to explain it so i'm not going to explain it but there's part right in the middle that's poc and pod poc and pod and what that stands for is asking the consciousness of you to go back to the point of creation of any limitation at its origin point even if you don't cognitively know what it was and asking it to dissolve and so one of the other things you could do is when you notice yourself judging your body stop see a hand, see a stop sign, and go everything that is, pock and POD. And I know it sounds a little simple, but enough millions of people use it every day across the planet at this point that it does have an energy. And if you want to find out what it means, you can go to theclearingstatement.com. I made a 20-minute video explaining what it means, and there's nothing on sale there, but I just want people to have this tool because from my point of view, it truly is. I use this every day. And I use it every time I want to change something. I use it every time I'm working with my body on something to change it. I use it in every session that I do. And it, from my point of view, is one of the biggest upgrades in personal development since we've had personal development. And it works with any modality. It's just a way of asking the energy of the aware conscious you to go to the place where you chose unawareness or unconsciousness and turn the polarity and dissolve it. So POC and POD can be very helpful.
0: I love that. And I also love the visual of the stop sign, putting the hand up and just saying, stop, stop, Melissa. No more judging. Stop. I feel like that's really powerful. And I also loved the visual of the puppy dog because I'm a very visual person and I loved that visual. And I know that we can all relate to that visual of the puppy dog coming up to us when we've spoken to ourselves poorly and saying, Hey, what did I do? When you think of it like that, it immediately melts my heart. I immediately want to go, Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm sorry, body, or I'm sorry, puppy. I, I didn't mean it. And it immediately melts me. So maybe that's a good little visual for people. If you ever catch yourself, speaking to yourself poorly, speaking about your body poorly, think of it like that little puppy dog and say, I'm sorry. And I love you and take it back because we don't need to be so harsh on ourselves. We don't, we only get one body. We only get one vehicle this lifetime. We need to love it. And when you said about the saggy butt, you know, the universe or our body only hears saggy butt, saggy butt, saggy butt. So you're right. It just goes, okay. Saggy butt. I have a saggy butt. So the more you put those powerful affirmations about your body out there, the better. I have a daughter and she is around seven and a half months as we record this. And she's so gorgeous. And so I give her a baby massage, baby Abiyonga massage before her bath every night. And so she's she lays on the bed and I give her a top-to-toe beautiful massage. And whilst I'm doing it, I am talking to her and I'm saying, Oh, look at your beautiful, healthy, strong legs. Your legs are so beautiful and healthy, and they carry you through the day. And, you know, I'm constantly pouring love into her, and I want to inspire her to love her body and to cherish her body and to treat it like a vehicle. So it can start from birth, you know, that implementing positive, powerful statements about our body. But I know for me, I grew up. In a house where, you know, my mom didn't let us see her naked, which is fine, but it was a lot of like shame around the body. And I want to really inspire my daughter to grow up in a very loving environment that is body positive and we treat our vehicles like they're treasure.
1: Truly. And I love that. You giving little sweetness, a massage every night before her bath and talking to her about her beautiful body. What an amazing gift. I mean... I know. Can
0: can someone do that for me, please?
1: (laughs) Exactly. You and me both, please. We're hiring. (laughs) That's such a beautiful gift.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. And yeah, like I just think, oh my goodness, how delicious, how delicious to have that every night. So yeah, I would love it if I say to my husband, can you do this to me? He's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Darn. Yeah. So I love this and I love your book. I think it's really powerful and we can all fall more in love with our body and treat it with love and respect and tune back into it and listen to it. But I would love to hear, what's something that you're working on within yourself at the moment or would like to improve within yourself?
1: (sighs) So many things. For me right now at this point, one of the big things that I'm working on is more receiving, more sort of unabashed receiving. And you know it's funny? Because I think if we do any sort of work for any length of time, we get to a place where We sort of do things. And the way I put it is you may be better than others, but are you as good as you? You may be better than other people out there that aren't receiving, but are you receiving as much as you can is basically what I'm looking at in my world. And it's also as far as the receiving goes, because I think this may speak to a few more people than just myself, which is when you have a strength and when you are capable, It's kind of easy to get in that role of, I will do everything myself and I can do it on my own and I can and I can and I can. Now, I work with some of the most brilliant and phenomenal people. I feel so fortunate and I am so dynamically contributed to by them. I am blessed beyond belief. So to a certain extent, I have been receiving and receiving that gift. And yet there's more. There's more in the area of relaxation. There's more, and, and I'm exploring relaxation and creation and relaxation and joy and relaxation and contributing to the world in the way that I can and realizing that in that, there's actually so much more. I thought for the last 20 plus years, I have been working nonstop and loving it, loving every minute of it. Almost every minute, shall we say, um, loving it dynamically, but at the same time, it was from a place of must do more, or I will not be the contribution that I'm here to be to the world and to people and the people I know and that come to access. And recently, just in the last few months, I finally have a different awareness of the gift of relaxation, the gift of doing it with dynamic ease and. We have this thing in access, uh, which we call a mantra, which is all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory, which glory is exuberant expression and abundance. And we suggest that you say it 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. And I have done this for the last 20 years or so. And it's only now truly dawning on me how dynamically that creates more for us rather than less.
0: Absolutely. So beautiful. Those, that mantra is beautiful. I'm I'm gonna try that each morning. So beautiful. I get so many tips and little tricks from people that I interview. That if I did everything that everyone said on my podcast, I'd have like a five-hour morning routine. Yeah,
1: your morning routine would stretch into your afternoon to your evening routine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Besides your books, which they should absolutely be in the curriculum.
1: Yes, they should. Thank you.
0: Yes, absolutely. What is one other book you would choose?
1: Let me ponder that for just a moment.
0: It could be on any topic.
1: I'm going to say Wonder. It's, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's a little kid who has a differently shaped face than others, you know, and he wears his astronaut helmet. It would be either that or The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Either one of those, I say both. Let them have both. I think, and goodness, so many others. Now you got me. Now that my brain is on to books, now it's going. You know, the ADHD is kicking off big time. So, <laughs> thank you, because just thinking about them, there's this sense of the gift that they have been in reading them. You know, and you kind of like, oh, that, oh, that is beautiful. How how tapping into something that has been a gift for you, just thinking about it again brings back the gift and brings back the lightness. So cool. Thanks for that question.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. And we'll link to those books as well as yours in the show notes. Yeah. Now let's talk about your day. I love hearing about how people prime themselves for the day and all of your little rituals and routines that you do. So can you talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life and focus on your morning routine and what you do to set yourself
1: up? Oh, every day is different. I usually get up somewhere between 4.30 and 7.30, depending on how much sleep my body is requiring and whether I'm tossing and turning, thinking about creative ideas in my mind. At that point, you know, I get ready, I brush my toofies and that sort of stuff. And then usually I'll move my body in some way. And the question I always ask is, body, what kind of movement would you like to do? And I love running. I love doing Pilates. I love doing yoga, which is brand new for me, because I was never really a yoga sort of guy. I'm like, Yeah, I don't think so. Love it at this point. You know, it's really cool. And then I take some sort of something, anything from water to juice to a sandwich. And there's only three supplements I take at this point. So I'll take those. And then my question always is, where can I put my attention today? And, or where do I need to put my attention? Where can I put my attention? And where can I put my attention that'll create the most? And so what I do is I just be with that for a minute while I'm getting ready, take my shower after doing, you know, the movement running or something like that, then after all that, what I've learned is what seems to work better. And I do it probably 50% of the time is then I dive into my phone and the hundreds of threads and business stuff and people stuff and stuff and start addressing that and seeing what needs to be handled. And then I always ask, what would be fun to create today? Because I love to create and what I really love to create is stuff that people can receive and it changes their world or changes their day, makes them happier, makes them lighter. And I ask that. And then usually I'll find some way of actualizing that, whether that's with a session with somebody or on about two to three weeks out of the month, I will be facilitating classes for three days a week, you know, like a three or four or five day class and that for me is one of the greatest things in the world. And on those days I wake up, I do all that stuff, get my body moving, get my butt in the shower and usually arrive three minutes before class starts and have so much fun facilitating. And I see people in two to three days go from thinking they're normal to, holy crap, I'm magical, you know? And it's awesome. It's awesome to see the transformation on their faces. So that's, that's, those are some of my funnest days. So creation also, there are many times where I will go out, I have a ranch here near Houston, and I will go out and ride my horse. And that is wonderful. And I feel really blessed because after sort of doing all that, a lot of times Gary and I are roommates and best friends and business partners. And people think we're somehow an old married couple because, you know, we've been friends for so long, we we act like it, you know, <laughs> we'll go out and, and people around here are like, oh, they're married. I'm like, don't tell my girlfriend. But hey, no problem. We're good. And, um, and a lot of times we'll sit and have conversations about consciousness and where people are stuck and how we can help change that. But also, what are some of the possibilities we can invite into people's lives and into the world with what we do? And then a lot of times, probably two times a week, I will get my bars run and you know watch some TV at night and go to sleep.
0: Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready.
0: What's one thing that we can do today for our health?
1: Stop judging our bodies and have more fun.
0: I agree. What's one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life, so more abundance in all areas of our life?
1: Be willing to receive and stop rejecting those things that you have judged as bad or wrong, because behind every one of them, when you get over your point of view, is a gift that allows the strength of you. And one of the other things that we found is for every judgment you're willing to receive, you make $5,000 more that year. For every judgment you reject, you lose 10000 But here's the caveat. Receiving judgment is not what we think it is. We think receiving judgment means somebody judges us and goes, you're a jerk. And we go, oh my God, I'm a jerk. Okay, I got to figure that out. No, receiving judgment is this. You're a jerk. And we go, oh, there's the energy. You lower your walls and barriers. You let it go on through. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. Or what makes you say that? Because judgment is just an energy others use to try to control and limit you. And that's okay. If they feel they need to do that, then it's because they see you as powerful. It's an acknowledgement of your power. Lower the walls and barriers. Just let the energy through and go on with your day enjoying it.
0: I love that. Beautiful.
1: Such a powerful reminder.
0: Okay, and then the last one, what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life?
1: Love ourselves. Stop looking for it from outside of you. Be willing to be grateful for you, and be willing to be grateful for every element of that that appears out here, not just in another person who has a specific body type and the potential to be our future mate. We reject so much of the love that is in the world, the kindness, the gratitude, the contribution that is in the world by making it about one person. And here's the weird part, if we're not willing to give it to ourselves, there's no way in hell we can receive it from them. So let's start with us and acknowledge it: we are actually okay exactly as we are. That the purpose of another person in our life should actually be to contribute to us, not to fulfill all of our needs, but to contribute to us as we contribute to them in making each other greater.
0: Beautiful. I love that. This has been so beautiful. So many great reminders and the power of really loving and accepting our body. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, what I would like to say is to all of you out there that are listening to this, you are the seekers of the world. And you also are those that tend to have thought you were wrong for being different. And that difference that you are is a gift. Please don't let anybody shut it down, including you. That difference is something our world requires now more than ever. That difference, that desire for a kinder world, a more inclusive world a more gentle world, a more abundant world, a more amazing world with possibilities in it, that is just part of the gift of you. And please recognize that if anybody wants to shut you down, judge you, or make you wrong, it's because they see the power of you and it intimidates them, which is why you get judged for your difference. So please embrace the difference, embrace the weird, recognize that the original meaning of weird was of spirit, fate, or destiny. So when somebody says you're weird or looks at you with that look that tells you you're weird, just go, wow, thanks for the acknowledgement. And what if you, truly being you, as different as you are, with all those weird tendencies and all of that kindness and all of that love for humanity are the gift, the change, and the possibility this world requires?
0: Absolutely. And we're all weird. We're all wonderful. I feel like everyone thinks they're weird. I don't know. That might be a very big generalization, but I know I definitely am like, am I the weird one here or does everyone (laughs) feel like that?
1: I found about 50% of the population thinks they're weird. The other 50% are the ones judging those guys for being weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dane, this has been so fun and so many beautiful insights. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for today and all of the work that you do in the world and how you're helping so many people with your books and your courses and everything that you do. You're helping and you're serving so many people. So how can I and the listeners give back to you today? How can we serve you?
1: Oh, receiving this conversation on any level, letting it lighten your world would be such a gift to me and I truly do mean this, stop the judgment of you. If you, because we all live on this planet together, right? So any one of us that is willing to get lighter, choose more of what makes us lighter and stop believing that we're wrong. We create more lightness in the world. And really, if I could put it into two words, it would be, be you and change the world. And thank you for asking.
0: So beautiful. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and for sharing. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Melissa. It has truly been an honor and a pleasure.
0: I truly hope you got a lot out of this episode. Go and check out Access Bars and see if it's something that resonates with you. I've tried it, and this conversation has inspired me to have another session and dive back into it. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for them. And come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time... Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.